welcome back to the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. We are so grateful that you guys are listening here today. We know this lands on Monday morning. So if we're catching you on your Monday morning drive, thank you for letting us be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I know I love doing this. I have my my yeah. brother in Christ, Ben, here with me. What's up, Ruth? We have, a, we have a special friend. Both of us have been here. And so I want him to introduce who, who our awesome friend is with us. What's up? We are joined by the Jacob Beard today. The best. Jacob is a dear friend and brother of mine. He loves Christ. He loves his wife and he serves in the U.S. military. So we thank him for his service. We thank you for his love for Christ. And fun fact about Jacob, he's phenomenal at bowling and he has a great mustache. Oh, the best. I'm glad to be here. Oh, we're so grateful to have you here with us, Jacob. And we're going to be having a, a kind of a hard conversation today. Mm-hmm. And so we want you guys to buckle up. Um, because we are talking about some very real and pressing things in our culture. Uh, we're going to cover topics like sexual sin, pornography, mm-hmm. compromise. And so if you do not want to listen to us talk about those things, you can pause right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just want to give kind of that warning that this is going to be where our discussion is today, and we really appreciate your guys' ears. Ben, can you just land us with, hey, what is our flyover of Pastor Brennan's sermon today for the Church of Pergamum? Yeah, Pastor Brennan preached uh, from Revelation 2, Jesus' letter to the church of Pergamum. And so we see this church, uh, Pergamum is in Asia Minor. It's a city. It's the political center of Asia Minor. And so Pastor Brennan compared this to the Washington, D.C. of Asia Minor. But on top of that, it's the home of five ancient Greek gods' temples. And so on top of being the Washington, D.C. of Asia Minor, it's also the Las Vegas of Asia Minor. It is Sin City. And so it's this combination of political power and tons of sin. Uh, He really laid into this in the sermon. So if you guys have not had the chance of checking that out, we encourage you to do so. But in the sermon, um, Jesus, sorry. You got it. In this text, Jesus gives the letter and he's talking about their sin. They've been faithful to Christ. Even their own pastor, a few years prior to the writing, was martyred for the faith. Wow. Standing for Christ amid a sinful world. And so with that, even though they have stood for Christ, they have been faithful. There are some who have fallen. There's heresies that have crept into the church. There's sexual sin that has pervaded their church. Yeah. It, the, the world, the city they live in has affected them. And yeah. Jesus is saying flee. Jesus is saying to run from that. Yeah. So Pastor Brennan's huge takeaway after the end of it was to pursue purity. Mm-hmm. That's what they were called to do, right? They were called to follow the, the footsteps of their pastor standing for Christ. But that statement, that standing with Christ isn't just an outward spiritual action. It affects all of your life. Yeah. Every corner, every facet, and it goes even down to your sexual life. And that's what we talked about today. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, just thinking about you guys, what are some areas that you see similarities between Pergamum and kind of where we are in our cultural context? Yeah. I think it is incredibly the same Yeah. in terms of the pervasiveness of sexual sin is everywhere, right? And so- the rep for them, it was the temple and that they would go to this temple and they would get hammered and there would be prostitutes. Yeah. And this wasn't just in Pergamum. This was all over through the Roman Empire. And we see that it just became normal. It became normal, this sexual sin. And our culture is becoming more and more like that. Yeah. Right. I, I recently read a book and it was talking about how our culture is becoming more and more like actually the early Roman Empire. Mm. So it's a really interesting phase that we're going into. Um, and because... The, the gender norms and what sex is and what marriage is that have been so common in America since the founding fathers, right? That's gone, right? It, it's really so common for people to live in homosexual relationships. Yeah. It, it's just a common accepted thing. You have transgenderism, 
you have just the idea of divorce, like someone disagreeing with divorce is like, you're insane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's just so widespread. Yeah. And one, one thing that Pastor Brennan said in uh, his sermon, I think the saying went something like what one generation tolerates, the next accepts, and then the next celebrates. Mm -hmm. And I think when we see that in Pergamum, we also see that in our own culture. Totally. Um, Just like with what you were saying, Ben, like with homosexuality and same-sex marriage and even transgenderism now, um, it seems like a few generations ago, this, you know, people didn't really talk about it, but as the generations have gone by, we've grown to accepting that and now even just celebrating and encouraging others to do that. I mean, we see with kids in school and everything. Um, yeah. It's just like something that's encouraged. Yeah. And that like the sexual revolution started like in the early 20th century with yeah. birth control and with divorce. And those two things are so common today. Yeah. And they're not even a qu- they're not even a conversation. Yeah. Like when you bring up either of those things as a conversation, you're like you're crazy. Yeah. Um and yeah, I think that's super helpful. And so I want to really hop into what are some takeaways that we have mm-hmm. from this uh, sermon and what are, yeah, just some things that maybe we're, we're challenged by. Yeah. So Jacob, I would love to hear, um, what one of your takeaways was from this sermon. Yeah. Um, I think probably the biggest one that I had as a takeaway and pastor Brennan used it in a sermon illustration is just, um, big idols are made with small compromises. So his, his sermon illustration was he, he would take a stone and he had a stack of these stones and each one that he would place is just another compromise that we're making. And every small compromise we make takes the stack a little bit higher and a little bit higher. And before you know it, something that started off as a small give here and a small give there turns into a huge sin problem that we're yeah. fighting. Um, and, you know, he in the sermon illustration, he used uh, Ravi Zacharias. You know, people like him didn't wake up in a massage parlor. You know, it, yeah. it definitely starts at a low in the thought life mm-hmm. of, of someone. And we talk about sexual sin here, but this really can go to any sin. We see how we, we compromise in small areas and eventually, you know, those sins that are small become much bigger and much more difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's like that, that, that small sin. It's like that. It pleases you. It like meets what you want there, but it's like, Oh, you need more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need more and yeah. you need more. And like that, that just slowly grabs you in where when you get to the end of it, you're like, what in the world? How did I get here? Yeah. I, I think of the illustration of like our small sins are these baby seeds that we put in the ground. Mm. And like if we do not root them out on their baby seeds, they grow roots and they become stronger and stronger until it's affected every area and the growth has every part of our heart. And then the fruit of it becomes what others eventually see because everything like a seed is in the darkness, mm-hmm. but the fruit that grows out of it is a life that's like counterintuitive to Christ. And by, at the end of it, do you re- have you ever tried to pull out a tree that's been so, has been like literally in the ground for so long? Are, are, are you hearing flashbacks of me thinking of Josh Baldwin having <laughs> to try to get rid of those Christmas trees that we had two years ago? Do you remember that? I do remember that. Sorry, that's what that made me think of Josh trying to get these horrible Christmas trees out and it being the worst. But yes, it's the worst. It's so easier to pick up. It's so much easier to grab a, 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 seed. a seed out of the ground. Yeah than to try to dig out a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the roots grow deeper and deeper and deeper, which means you need to go deeper and deeper to get it out. Yeah. Right. And it takes away the sustenance. Like if we think about like it literally takes up all sustenance from our yeah. lives until it kills us. Um, so Ben, based off of that take, which I would say is like one of the primary thrusts of yeah. this text, what in your life would you say there are these small compromises that became really big idols in your life? Yeah, I think uh, Pastor Brennan preached today about just how common pornography is. 
And just like how much it has killed people and how common it is, even amongst evangelicals, even within the church, yeah. it is so common. Um, and that's something that in my own, my own life that I have, that has taken away my faith, right? And so I was in high school. I came to know Christ as a ninth grader, got baptized that summer. I was living, going to a public school. I was like, yo, I'm following Jesus. Like my 10th grade year, I started a Bible study during my lunch class. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna try to stand for Jesus as a public schooler. Yeah. And then once you know it, um, pornography crept into my life. And during that- Being mistress. During that season of life, it's like it ate away at me. Yeah. And um, I remember f the first time I've ever, like watched porn and got exposed to it. Um, I was at youth group that Tuesday or Wednesday night and my youth pastor was just like, it's a small group. He's just like, hey, real talk with you guys. If any of you guys have ever watched porn before, like you need to kill it out of your life now. If this is something you're dabbling in, like you need to kill it or it will kill you. Yeah. Like he just said it that straight. And I remember listening to him and being like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. But literally from my sophomore to my senior year of high school, it killed my faith. Yeah. It, it took me from someone who's on fire for Jesus and it slowly became a thing that just like became more and more a part of my life where I remember before my senior year of high school, like asking myself, like, am I really a Christian? Yeah. Like, is, is that actually what happened? Mm. And that's what, that's what pornography does. It's literally drinking poison. Yeah. It's drinking something so opposite what Christ calls for us. And it literally kills away your faith. Mm. It killed away my faith in high school. It killed away my witness in high school. And like, it, it just burdens me because it's yeah. so, so opposite of what Christ calls. And it's so easy to access. Yeah. And you, like, I didn't tell anybody. It was all a secret. Yeah. And there's people probably listen to it. It's, it's all a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows. Um, and Pastor Brennan talked in. Yeah. Um, Pastor Brennan talked about um, that Ravi Zacharias had the opportunity to come clean in 2017. He was called out. And, like, yeah. you were given that opportunity when you were like really early on of like you had just viewed porn yeah, and then you went to youth group and someone like threw a flag out to you and like you chose to yeah. not grab it. And so I know this matters to you. Why, why are you sharing this with us now? Yeah. I share because I share someone who's been healed from it. You know what I mean? Like it's been over four and a half years um, since the last time like I watched pornography and I, Watch it affect and kill so much of my life. Yeah. And I want other people to know that I have found freedom from it yeah. and that they too can find freedom. And it's like, a, it's a real possibility. Like you yeah. can be a single young man. I'm no longer single, but for a while at that time, I was a single young man yeah. and I was not watching porn and I was trying to follow Christ. Yeah. Even in this over-sexualized culture yeah. where pornography is practically on billboards in New York City, even when you have Instagram that's full of sexual sin and yeah. everything, like you can actually follow Christ and can actually find freedom. And I, I share that to say is I speak as someone who's healed from that has been, and the Lord has forgiven and washed me clean of that. He's purified my mind from yeah, that. Praise the Lord. But I want other people to be like, oh, they can also have find freedom. Yeah. And it's hard. It's yeah. actually a hard thing to do, but it's, oh, it's so worthwhile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pursuing purity is always worth it. Yeah. Um, and thinking about kind of this conversation, in my life, I had these moments of compromise. So I walked away from Jesus mm -hmm. for a year, right? Like college was ending. There was like, it's an elusive time period for me, just living living in, in darkness. But I did not like wake up one day and say, I do not want to follow Jesus. I like love God. Yeah. I love ministry. I've loved ministry. I started serving in ministry when I was a 
tenth grader in high school, and I, I was see like, you, Ruth. like it, like the Lord had my heart at a young age. Yeah, of like I was That's eleven awesome. years old when I met Him, and I've loved Him, and wanted to walk with Him my whole life until this one season of life, hmm. and it was one relationship, one decision after one decision, and saying like, I do not want someone to take this away from me. I don't want someone to take this person from me that I love and that I want and that I feel like I need. And so I think of those early moments where like nothing about our relationship was bad or evil, but I knew like this is going to lead me somewhere. And I didn't choose honesty and I didn't reach out to the kind of people who actually would have helped me. Mm -hmm. I remember feeling that guilt. And I think you guys can attest that, that guilt of like, I'm going to tell someone who I know is not going to say anything hard to me. Of like, oh, I just need to like rid myself of like something. Yeah. Like I need to, I need to reach out, but I need, I don't need to reach out to anyone who like loves me enough or has the wisdom to like really help me get out of this. And so thinking about that of like, it caused havoc in my life. And like, I still experience some of that havoc yeah, now of like, totally. like pornography or sexual sin or relationships. Like they, like the decisions made. Like it messes with you. You can get yeah. dreams. Like I have, I still have like dreams and flashbacks that come back. Yeah. And like, it's very hard because like sin, sin affects us. Like, yeah. like those moments of small compromise, if I could have fast forwarded years later and be like, that's going to be the effect of those decisions. Like if you're listening right now, we just want you to know that like the decisions you make now do affect you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've ex- I experienced that in my like my own life. It's just like the devil uses anything he can, yeah, anything he can to tempt you into sin, to to push you back, to hurt. Like I've been married for almost a year now. Like the devil takes things from high school and wants to tempt yeah. me in my marriage now. Yeah, it's just like anything that he can get a hold of, he will get a hold of. Yeah, and like it, it's so real that our present action, like yes, we can push on in obedience, like we can. We can seek to follow Christ. We can repent of our sins. Christ forgives us of our sins. Yeah. Like he washes us clean, but we still live in the consequence of our own actions. Yeah. And so so that season of life that I had to go through, it has con- it has consequences to my actions that I have to wrestle with. Yeah. And I still and I still do, even years after that. Yeah. And I would I would love to hear um kind of framing this conversation of like we have sin in our camp and we want to turn from it. What are some of the like safeguards that we have like put in our life that say, hey, I want to pursue purity. Here's some active steps I need to take or you are in your life taking to say, I'm choosing Jesus and I'm choosing to walk away from a myriad of sins. Jacob, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the mistakes I made when trying to come out of sexual sin was I kind of convinced myself that I just had to muster up enough strength on my own to get yeah. to get out of it on my own. Fact. If I just like pray the right prayer, if I if I'm just passionate enough about trying to kill this sin, then then I'll find victory over it. Um, but and I've used this analogy a lot. But what I was really doing is I was plucking the eye out and just putting it in my pocket for later. I wasn't. I didn't really <laughs> want to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and I think you just have to be really practical and honest about what tempts you and what you know you struggle with. So like for me. I don't have any social media, um, and I know that may not be the, yeah. the step for everybody. Yeah. It may not look that way in everybody's life, but for me, um, especially with like Instagram, like you were talking about, Ben, there's yeah. just a lot of social media is just over-sexualized now, and even your innocent, you know, scrolling through to see what Granny's doing yeah. can not end all, up— It's not all just puppy pictures. Exactly. And so just being really practical, having good accountability partners, um, and just surrounding yeah. yourself with a community, uh, sin 
oftentimes we just want to isolate ourselves whenever we're in yeah. sin. We want to distance ourselves from loving community who will tell us what we're right. That's exactly why you go and yeah. talk to the friend to get it off your chest, knowing they're not going to call yeah. you to repentance at all. Yeah. Um, and just having people in your life that um, will hold you accountable and care for your soul and love you enough to protect you from those things. Yeah, you made the, the reference um, that to, to Christ's own words that like if your eye calls you to sin, pluck it out. Mm-hmm. And if your like hand calls you to sin, like cut it off. Yeah. And like, so be real. Like if you, in, se- in the world of sexual sin, that's everywhere, right? What does it look like for us to pluck out our eye and cut off our hands? Yeah. Like I, I, I mean that. Like, and that takes, and like that's how you kill sin is yeah. by plucking out the eye. And it, it, it hurts so much it's to pluck off pluck out your eye. You know what I mean? Like. Christ uses that strong language for a specific purpose. And like he, he's, he doesn't just mess around. Oh yeah, pluck out your eye. It's no, pluck out your eye. Yeah. Like get rid of it. Yeah. Like I think of talking to a professor uh, when I was back in school about this. He said that if he found his son, like watched pornography, he would like take his phone and like drive to Lake Michigan. I went to school in Chicago and just watch his, have his son watch him throw his phone into the, into the lake. Like it's just like, you got to pluck it out. Like you, like those are words you take seriously. Yeah. And reading them, it's like, Jesus is telling me it'd be better to be blind or to miss a hand than to be entertaining this sin yeah. that I have right now. And he says, he goes like over, later in the verse, he goes on to say, you know, for it's better to have one eye or one hand than to enter into the kingdom right. of God than not yeah. to enter at all. Like that's, yeah, like for me, like when I was in, when I was in uh, college, it's like I, porn was behind me. It's something that by the lo- grace of the Lord took steps to, to, to get out of, uh, but the devil still tempts you. And so like, I, I think social media was like a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix even is a huge thing. Like I, yeah. I literally found pornography watching a Netflix TV show. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is insane. Like your six-year-old kid can watch this right now. And this yeah. is pornography. And I think of just like taking that seriously. I know when I was in college, my second year of college, I just deleted it all. I was like, I can't be on Instagram. Instagram literally, yes, I love watching my NBA highlights. I love seeing my friends from high school, what they're doing. By the end of the day, like it, I had to pluck it off. Mm-hmm. It so. wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like have taken very seriously this life of like, I joke, it's like life by committee. And so like I have people who have access to every aspect of my life. They have access to my phone at all times. They know my passwords. They can look through it at any time. Like they have access to who I'm spending time with, how I'm spending my time, buddies who I talk about how I spend my money. Like it and that's important because I can't just live yeah. without someone knowing. Like I I I ask this question to to believers sometimes like are believers allowed to have secrets? And the answer to that question for me is a hard no. Hard no. Hard <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Yeah. I I'm not allowed to have secrets. And, and a quick like flag for me is like do I want to be secretive right now? Yeah. And if I want to be secretive, I gotta, I gotta get out. I gotta get yeah. out whatever I'm doing. And like, even in my life, I had this like little moment where I was like, oh, like, I, I, I want to be secretive right now. Like, I'm, I'm not doing anything evil, but I'm also not doing anything good. Yeah. Because like, that's how sin starts. Mm-hmm. You mean I'd be doing something that's like, oh man, this is gonna kill me right now. But like, oh, this, this could be a seed I put in the ground, and if I let it grow, it'll be a tree yeah. that chokes me. Yeah. And I had to like. I had to call all five members of my committee and be like, this is what I did. Like, this is me being dumb. And like, I apologize. And here's the steps that I'm taking to like walk away from this. And like, here's what it looks like for me to like pursue purity and like brought everything into the light said, Hey, this was my, these are my missteps. 
This was like me being naive about myself and my journey. And like, I'm not interested, yeah. not interested in that. And they were like, thank you. And they like were such good friends that are seasoned with the gospel that they responded to me and said, there's no shame. Yeah. Like, and they looked at me and they said, guess what? Christ redeems even that. Yeah. Of like, we want you guys to hear that Jesus is near to those ready to repent mm -hmm. and his Amen. arms are open. Yeah. And so if you are trapped right now, hey, like he is right there ready for you to turn. Yeah. I remember believing this lie that when I repented, Jesus was 30 steps away and I needed to do all these things to get to his heart. Do you guys, do you guys feel that way? Like, is that what shame said to you? Or what did shame say to you when you repented? I feel like I would repent. Like I repented my sin and it took like, I had to like think, for, I had to like be obedient for a few days. Mm -hmm. yes. I had a few, a yep. few good days. Oh, the worst. And, and then I, and then I felt good. Yeah. It's just like, no, like, which you don't believe the gospel. If that's it, like that, like that's yeah. not the gospel. For, for like, first John, confess your sins, like, and He's faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins, all of them, everyone. And part yeah. of that is just feeling so dirty, and then immediately after repenting of something, feeling like I'm clean enough to come before God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right after that. Yeah, your flesh it, doesn't. That's yeah. not the natural response. No, no, and it's like that's the like we're calling listeners to actually trust the gospel, the same gospel that saved you. Yeah. That, that brought you from death to life is the same gospel, same healing agent, excuse me, same healing agent that like forgives us from shame yeah. now. And yeah, Paul, Paul talks about in first Corinthians, just how grave sexual sin is. And the, the truth is like, if you think that you can confess Christ and believe in the gospel and do whatever you want with your body, like you are out of your mind. Yeah. Like just to be straight. Yeah. Paul, Paul says, it's like, he literally says straightforward in first Corinthians six, the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. Like they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on, sexual sins actually worse than other sins because not only do you sin against God, but you're sinning against your own body because you're doing something contrary to nature. And, mm -hmm. and so do, to fight sexual sin, to, to fight these big sins in our life, I think you need to do big things. Yeah. And I, and I think we, we can go into talking about community. Like I'll, I'll give you a testimony of a brother uh, when I was in college who was fighting pornography and he literally came and, and he, he said, uh, I need you guys to keep me accountable. So what we're going to do is if I watch pornography, I have to tell you. And if I do that, you are going to text my mother what I watched. Wow. That's extreme. But guess, that's, but guess but guess, like he never watched pornography after that. Wow. Yeah. Or he never told you. I say that, I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I say that, I'm I saying, make that. That's, like, yeah. that's, that's cutting off your hands. Yeah. That's yeah. committing. And, and, and it takes like. Because you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. If you want to, if you want to get out of deep sin, like you need to be honest with yourself that you're deep into it. Yeah. Yes. If you, if you think you can just like set up your covenant eyes and that's enough. Yeah. When you have six devices in your house. Oh my god. Like you actually need, you need to be honest with yourself and do big steps to see big change. And obviously, yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit's key. Totally. Um, right. And community. Right. Yeah. And those things matter. Like I would, yeah, I make this point of like. Like covenant eyes matters. Yeah. Having people you're willing to be honest with matters. Having friends who preach the gospel to you matters. Yeah. And when you want to be secretive, you have to say like, what's the cost of the secret? Mm -hmm. Like whatever you need to put before your eyes and say, what's the cost of the secret? It's high. Yeah. It is high. Right. And speaking to just, you want people around that you can be transparent with. I've heard it said that sin is like the cockroach that comes out when the lights are off. You know, and so like in the in the room of our Southern life, whenever right there's a dark corner, yeah, roaches are bad down there. Uh, <laughs> but in, when you leave a, a light off in the corner of your room, like that's where the sin is going to fester up and those roaches are going to crawl out. So you want to literally make 
put safeguards in your life to where people can see the full room at all times and people can see yeah. the lights are on yeah. and sin can't hide. We it's just our tendency in shame and we try to justify our own sin. We want to keep little parts of the light off. You know, they can see yeah. in this side of the room, but over here I'm going to keep it a little bit dark because yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I want the roaches to stay there. So in a real practical sense, we talked about like big things. Like if you're, if you're big and if you're, if you're stuck into it right now, like the first thing that I would say to you is tell somebody, yeah. tell a trusted brother, or sister in Christ who would preach the gospel to you, but also be your accountability partner, walk through it with you. Um, and we, you have to take big measures to it. Um, but as well, I would think uh, there's people, most of the people may even listening to this, it might be the smaller things, right? Yeah. It's like the smaller things that are, that slowly draw them in and get them, get them going and like yeah. take them to take those steps. And mm-hmm. so Jacob, what was the quote you shared earlier regarding that? The one, are you talking about big idols are yeah. made with small compromises? So big idols are made of small compromises. And so, to do to get to that point, it's like small little decisions that you make each day. Yeah. And so, how do we prevent ourselves from making small small decisions? Like, because you can be like, yeah, I, I'll never, never do this. I'll never watch porn again. I'll never cheat on my spouse. But how do you how do you make the small? How do you stop the small compromises? I think one thing for me is like, I I live in a confessing life, mm. of like I, every time I talk to to one of my friends, I'm having to tell them of something of like, oh man, like I chose to gossip. Like I chose like to make the small things a big thing in that I'm willing to yeah. bring them up. Does that make sense of like, I I don't get to have this like private life where I just get to like feel fine about the sin that yeah. lives in my life. Um, and I would say that I commit to being someone who asks so that others may ask. Like I commit to being like, this yeah. is where I am. Like this is where I'm struggling. Um, and I also, I, when I think about scripture, it's that I ask that God would reveal the hidden parts of my heart. Yeah. Cause there's parts of me, Search me that, God. yeah, that I just, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I got not care <laughs> at all. <laughs> like whatever, like a big yeah. old whatever on that. And, and God would be like, Hey, like that matters to me. Yeah. Like your attitude towards that woman, that matters to me. Like you waiting for an opportunity to talk bad about her, like that waiting that waiting matters to me just as much as you gossiping. Yeah. Because you're stewing. Yeah. You're stewing in sin. Or you like waiting for an opportunity to like say something off like that's that's unhelpful. That's not seem it's not gracious to the ears because you want to feel like justified mm-hmm. in whatever, like being mad at someone, being sharp, whatever that is of like that I want to treat the quote unquote big sins. I try to treat the the small little sins in the same way. Yeah. That like this is worth confessing. Like I gossiped to someone. Mm-hmm. It's worth confessing that I did that. Yeah. Like I r- was mean to my coworker. It's worth for me to go and ask for forgiveness. Like to have an awkward conversation because that habit of dealing with sin, that habit yeah. changes things because it changes the way that I think. Right. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. I know in my own life, it's has always been like needing brothers in Christ. Um, who asked me the hard questions. And even now, like even now, um, it's asking yourself like, are this, is this something, I'm, am I actively walking towards Christ and towards purity or am I not? I'm curious, what are, what are some like examples of hard questions that you think Christians should be asking each other in Christian community? Um, so I could speak, I mean, Ben and I meet and we, we ask each other an array of questions whenever we meet. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe people who aren't married can't relate to this, but 
I mean, we ask ourselves, you know, have you lusted in the past week? Mm-hmm. And if you so, if you have, are there any sins you need to confess? Just asking like straightforward questions that pierce the yeah. heart, not dancing around the, not beating around the bush, but genuinely getting to the heart of if someone's struggling with something or if they need to confess something and just be transparent, keep the lights on. Yeah. It's like to, to guard my marriage, to, to love my wife is to not lust. I mean, and that's something like you actively, and it's so helpful to me being like, crap, if, even if I, if I sin in this way, if I even let myself do that, I have to confess this to Jacob. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel like doing that. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. I, I think, I think that just asking the question is how are your thoughts? Like, are you, do you have any lustful thoughts? And, and, and like, that's, that's hard. And that, and that's taking it deeper and further than, Hey, have you watched pornography this mm-hmm. week? Have you masturbated this week? Yeah. Like that, that's taking it to a different level. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I would definitely say you need, you need to kill out. Like that's, that's throwing out seeds. I mean, like throwing out seeds is throwing out, continuing the confessive lust and fight lust. Mm-hmm. Like, and, but sometimes yeah. you, you need to get rid of the, the giant tree in your backyard before yeah. you start throwing out seeds. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, no, which is super helpful. And it's a, it's a one-two punch. It's yeah. Getting rid of that tree. And when we keep a bag of seeds with us, just so you know, another tree will grow. Right. Facts. Like yeah. that's the, that's the tough part. Um, one thing, one of my buddies asked me, sweet Lauren Dennis, love her to death. She asked me, what is something good that's feeding you? Who is someone that you're feeding that is good? And what is an area you're feeding your flesh right now? Stop and say that one more time. It's yeah. slower. Sorry. So she, this is like a check-in question I asked my girls yeah, Bible study. This is good. And one was, what's something that's feeding you that's good? Yeah. Like what's something in your life that may be community? Mm-hmm. What's something that you're feeding or someone that you're feeding? So is there anyone that you're like trying to spiritually nourish and encourage? And the last is like, what's an area that you fed your flesh hmm. this week? Yeah. Of like, where have you just said, I'm just doing me. <laughs> I'm just doing me yeah. and I don't care. And to me, that was such a sweet like, and that's not a high and low. It's like, be specific. Yeah. What's good? What are you doing good unto? And what are you doing bad unto? Mm. Um, because I think we do need to be raising the bar in Christian conversation to say, can you be totally honest? Yeah. And are we the kind of people people can be honest with? That That's key. That's key. Yeah. I, I know even the ability to confess sin um, is that your brother as a like co-heir with Christ, your brother as an image bearer of Christ, your brother who's united with Christ or your sister um, for you women, but your brother or sister has the ability to look at you in your eyes and tell you like in the name of Christ, like your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Like not because of anything of them, but literally because if you are in Christ, he forgives you all your sins. Yeah. And like, can I just tell you, even their ability to do that is the most refreshing thing to the soul that like you can even be super honest and super specific and be like, dang, I'm a filthy sinner, yeah. but, and because I'm in Christ, my sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have, I have a moment that I can think of when I confessed, I like committed to say, I'm like walking with Jesus again. And I was like starting to take steps. I was like crawling, baby crawling back to Jesus, but like not being honest yeah. totally. And all my sin came to the surface and I'm crying on the floor of my sister's bathroom. And my sister comes up the stairs and she like says like, whatever you've done, I love you and I'll forgive you and Jesus will forgive you. Amen. And she looked me in the eye and I said, this is what I've done. And she like, I'm crying and she's crying. And she says, Jesus forgives you now and forever. Amen. And I love you and I forgive you. And that was the face of Christ mm-hmm. yeah. that I needed. So let us be the face of Christ to the sin stricken, struggling believer 
yeah. who feels trapped right now. Because we know some of you listening feel trapped. Yeah. And if you are trapped. Real talk. What? Like, we're going we're gonna to end soon. But if you're trapped right now, what is our encouragement to the person who is trapped? There is hope on the other side of the gospel. And, and I'm saying, like, you truly can experience freedom. And I and no, it could be a hard road. It can be a trialing road. But the thing is, like, God actually desires, his will for you is for you to get through this. He says that in First Thessalonians that your sanctification is the will of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. growing to be more and more like Jesus is what he actually desires for you. And so my encouragement for you is, like, you can actually go through this. Like, you can get on the other side of this sin. And I speak as someone who has gone through it, who's been on the other side of it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you might be like, Ben, I've been watching porn for 15 years. I know people like that who've experienced freedom. Yeah. There are, there's a multitude of people watching porn, but there are a multitude of people also who've experienced the freedom from, from that or any sexual sin or any sin at all that's deeply rooted into your heart. So I want to encourage you that you can get through it. You really can, but you really can't do it alone. Yeah. You really can't do it alone. And so find the trusted brother or sister in this church. Like if you, if we are friends and you're a young guy and you want to talk to me, like I am more than open to sharing with you and to walking with you through this. I know Jacob is, if you're a young woman, I know Ruth would be happy to, yeah. um, but find someone who you trust, find someone you love and find someone who knows the gospel yeah. and can remind you of the gospel and who won't take your sin lightly because your sin isn't light. Your sin is what crucified Christ. Yeah. It's not a light thing but someone who would shower you in grace yeah, and walk with you through it, be willing to cry with you, work, <laughs> labor with you, keep you accountable. Find those people. Mm. You can get through it, and you, but you can't do it alone. So find those people to deal with you. That's so good. Yeah, I would just like to kind of echo what Ben said. Um, and I think sexual sin is kind of unique in the sense that it just, I feel like sexual sin specifically makes us feel really dirty and yeah. just makes us feel like we really feel the shame and we we feel like we almost can't be cleaned up, but I would just echoing what Ben said, just like to encourage that Christ died to pay for your sexual sin and his blood is sufficient to cover those sins. And you are made clean. You are washed by his blood and you have the ability to move past it. Sexual sin isn't a wall that you can't get past. And it's just like the one area that, you know, you may not be strong enough. Ben said, you have to, you know, you can't do it alone. That's the thing. You need to find community, turn the lights on in the room. Don't let the roaches sit in the corner and just have accountability and community around you. Um, That can be by your side and encourage you with the gospel to make it through that. Yeah. And and you're and like the challenge is if someone's in this room who, who like wants to be that person or who, who might find themselves as that person, like however it is, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a good friend, whatever it may be is like, you also need to take the step into forgiving them for their sins yourself. Mm-hmm. Like the big thing is that if they are in Christ, if they confess to believe Christ and know Christ, and they, that means that Christ forgives them their sins, then who are you not to forgive them their sins? Mm-hmm. If Christ doesn't hold sin against them, how can you hold any sin against them? Mm-hmm. And so even the community is a part of it where the community needs to walk with them. And we need to be people who would be willing to forgive people even when it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sexual sin takes a banner of forgiveness. Yeah a banner that Christ raises above you and a, and a banner that Christ says you are to raise that above them as a reminder. And the, and the only way to raise the banner is all of us just being straight up humble and being like, we're all filthy sinners. Yeah. Like in the eyes of man, like we are, we are sinful wretches yeah. who are saved by a great and glorious God. Yeah. And let's be real specific in saying, Hey, I'm going to throw these seeds out 
I'm going to take an ax to this tree. Yeah. Um, I think the the only encouragement that I would add to what my, my brothers have said is like, you need to be real honest with yourself of the cost of staying in sin. Mm. That's true. I just want you to tell, I just want to tell you right now, it's a debt that has high interest. Yeah. And it will hurt you and it will hurt your community and it will never be kind to you. It will never love you and it will never truly serve you. And yeah. so like, look it in the eye, call it what it is. It hurts your relationship with Jesus. It hurts your relationship with others. And he is rescuing you from something that's hurting your relationship with him. That's yeah. how much he loves you. Mm-hmm. That he's saying, this I hate, but I love you so much that I'm redeeming you and forgiving you from it mm-hmm. if you will turn. Mm-hmm. And so like, turn today. Like that is like my my encouragement is like, yeah. turn today and be received by a community that wants to proclaim the gospel and that wants to say that you are forgiven and like the road to redemption is hard. Yeah. It's hard because there's a cost, but that cost, man. It's so worth it. So worth it. Yeah. So worth it. And it's it's the cost for something of truly, it's of true value. Mm-hmm. It's holiness. It's righteousness. It's joy. It's freedom. Like I know each one of us can speak to that joy and that freedom to say, I'm no longer bound. So true. By those things. Um I would love to just end in prayer, um, praying for for people that are are struggling. And so, would you open us in prayer? Or would you close us out? Yeah, we can do that. Father, we we thank you, Lord, that you have taken us as filthy sinners, Lord, and you have washed us in your blood and made us mm-hmm. righteous in your Father's sight, God. Thank you, Lord. Um, we thank you for giving us your Spirit, God, and the community of the church and those around us. Help us, God, to to kill any sin in our life, Lord. Let us not make little compromises, God, because we know they lead to big idols. Um, we know that um, the roots of the tree can grow deep, Lord, so help us to throw out the seeds before they get that big, mm-hmm. God. Yes. And um, we thank you for your grace on us, Lord, and we pray that um, if anyone is just in shame, Lord, that you just remind them, Lord, of their identity in you, God. Yes, Not God. the identity that sin tries to assign to them, Father. Um, but Lord, we just thank you for your grace and pray that you would help us all um, move towards righteousness, God, and holiness in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we we just pray to you, O oh Lord. We come to you wherever we are, God, whether we're doing chores or in our car or wherever we're at, God, we come to you in humility, God. We come to you that we are broken sinners, God. Lord, whatever sin we struggle with now, Lord, whatever sin we have in our past, oh Father God, we, we come with humility, oh Father, knowing that his salvation was by our works, so oh, Father, we would never make it, God. Lord, it took Christ's blood to pay for us. Lord, it took all of Christ and none of us, so oh, Father. And so, Father, we just praise you that you have come for us, O oh, Lord. You have come to be man in your Son, O oh, God, to save man, O oh, God. You have come to reconcile us back to you, O oh, Father. We praise and we thank you, Lord. We Pray, oh, Father God, for anybody who's listening to this who's struggling with sexual sin or any sin. If there's anyone who has a tree in their backyard, Lord, of sin, Lord, we pray that you would take them, take that tree out, oh, Father God. We pray that you would push them and lead them by your Holy Spirit to put an ax to that tree, oh, God. That they would take steps of obedience. They would say no to sin and yes to Christ. No matter how deep they may feel like they are, God, may you show them they can find freedom on the other side of the cross, oh, God. Lord, we pray for these people. We pray that they would take a step towards a friend or a family member. Lord, they would take a step towards their church community. Take a step in, oh, Father God, in obedience, Father. 
Lord, we pray for this, oh God. And we just pray that we would ongoingly fight small temptations, oh God. We pray that we would not give the devil a foothold in our life, oh God, that we would say no to sin and yes to you all the days of our life, Lord. May you protect our church, oh Lord, from the sin, from sexual sin, Lord. Protect our church, oh Father, from the ways of the devil, oh Father. And we just pray, oh God, that we would be a church that would be pure and humble unto you, oh God, and a church that would be welcoming other sinners in, oh God, to find and to taste of the bread of life that gave us eternal life. We pray for this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Uh, brothers, thank you so much uh, for your honesty and for your willingness to, to have this conversation. We pray that it is for the glory of God um, and to point other believers towards Jesus. Thank you guys, listeners, for joining us for post-sermon podcast reflections. We really appreciate you, and we are so grateful. We just ask that if this is an encouragement to you, please share it with a friend. Go we would it. love to be a, a blessing to other believers to encourage and spur on their faith. Have an awesome rest of your week. Peace.